Well, good morning, everyone. I hope um, that you enjoyed that. You may have already seen it, but it made me smile, uh, made me laugh this week um, because we're all in that strange new world of um, new technologies, of Zooms, of checking our backgrounds or forgetting, or are you on mute, or uh, your connection is unstable. That seems to come up on my screen quite a lot. Um, all of those kind of phrases that perhaps a couple of years ago we wouldn't have been as familiar with um, at all. But as we look at this passage that we've had read to us, and as we reflect on the lessons of the pandemic, we are going to just pause and say, well, God, what are you saying to us? What are the lessons that we want to keep and what are the kind of burdens that we want to lay down? Because this passage is twofold. It's the words of Jesus and he's saying, here's what you can lay down and here's what you can take on. And as we look at these sort of five lessons of the pandemic, um, let's really pray that God will speak to us about what it is that he wants us to let go of. Um, those burdens that we were never meant to carry and what is it that he wants us to, to take on, to take forwards as it were. Um, many years ago we used to, quite a few of us, um, used to walk around with um, little bracelets on or badges or whatever saying WWJD which was what would uh, Jesus do and uh, they were very on trend for a while. And they were just there as a little reminder to think, well, what would Jesus do in this situation? Um, but I read just this week on someone's Twitter, um, had tweeted that they said, what would Jesus undo? What is he undoing, if you like, in this season that we need to be aware of? And actually, there's probably quite a lot that's been undone. <laughs> we might feel like we've been undone a bit. And uh, we're in a very, very strange and, and difficult time still. But there are lessons. And in these words of Jesus, I suppose one of the lessons, not just for the pandemic, but for me in general, is always to go back to the words of Jesus. Uh, I remember really, really early on um, in uh, my training and learning from people, there was a man that I went to see specifically to learn about his leadership. And he was a very humble man. I said to him, if you, if you wanted to tell me one thing that would keep with me all of my life and leadership and wherever God takes me. And he said, Judy, always go back to the words of Jesus to the red letters that you can get Bibles that have in red everything that Jesus says. And it is remarkable that these words uh, from Matthew 11 have so much to remind us and so much to help us with as we pause to learn about what God is saying. So the first lesson, and they're going to be five, I've been asked to bring five. Um, the first lesson is taken from the beginning of the passage where Jesus says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Now, we perhaps don't realise quite how radical this was. Jesus's listeners would have been rabbis, would have been uh, Pharisees, would have been very, very learned people, as well as people who were a bit burned out, who were a bit weary that he's going to speak to, and who were finding life hard and heavy, like many of us today. And he's speaking directly to them. 
But he's also speaking to the slightly spiritually proud, to the people who think they've got it sussed. And so he says, you know, really, if you want to know what, what my father God is thinking, what he is like, come as children. And if there's one true thing, as we learn our first lesson in this pandemic, is we feel like children. We feel small in the face of a global pandemic. And it's been a huge leveller from presidents to uh, prime ministers to those in, in the high realms, if you like, and every single one of us has been under threat, if you like. And we've been reminded, as if we ever were in control, we've been reminded that we simply aren't, that it was an illusion, as I think we said right at the beginning, that it was an illusion that we were ever in control. We had plans, we had next steps, we had things that we were gonna do, courses that we were doing, universities that we were attending, we had jobs that we were going to do, things that we were going to fulfill, holidays that we were going to plan and go on, and everything came to a bit of a halt. And we've come as children, and Jesus says, kind of surrender, you won't understand everything. Surrender even your wisdom and submit because we were entitled weren't we and I learned that a lot this year there was something I was really wrestling with early in the pandemic and I was really wrestling with it and I was just saying why have you not given me this why have you not given me this and I was at the time reading a book and suddenly there it was every good thing you have put your name there it is from God all of it is gift every good thing in, uh, in James 1, 17, he says, don't be deceived, dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, from the Father of heavenly light who does not change. So as we say we lay down our entitlement, as we say we lay down our sense of ever being in control in the first place, we surrender to a God like children and we say we are very small, but God you are big enough, you are strong enough, you understand the things that we can't yet see and understand. So we surrender, as Jesus says here, like children, and we say we surrender our control as if we ever had it in the first place. The second thing that I think is a lesson that we need to lay down and is a hugely important part of Jesus's words here is busyness and hurry because Jesus says come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest and as we lay down the burdens, if you like, the burden of entitlement and control, our next burden to, to lay down is that of hurry and busyness. And we've been made to do that. Now, the caveat to this is some of you might feel, well, I'm busier than ever because my job is just full on or homeschooling is full on and, and I've not been able to lay down busyness. But even in terms of church, we've had to lay down busyness. We're not a busy church at the moment in terms of Sundays or rotors or teams or you might feel socially you're not as busy, you're not dashing out, you haven't got 101 things planned in your diary and we don't meet each other's diaries anymore. You know, you used to sort of meet each other's diary almost before you met the person, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Well, we don't, we don't do that anymore. Um, 
But we have been given time to reflect. We've been given time to just think a little bit um, about where we're heading. And Jesus says, well, don't worry, because my burden is light. I'll give you rest. Lay your deadly doing down. Lay your hurry down. And the reason for that, and I've again found God teaching me this in the pandemic, is hurry is really, really detrimental to love. And and I'd never really seen hurry like that. I'm quite sometimes quite driven by putting lots of things in and, and keeping going. But as we have even in the evenings, Pat's always been home and we've started doing weird things like jigsaw puzzles. I mean, who knew that I would ever participate in anything like that or renovating old pieces of furniture, which as you can see, I'm sort of in the middle of whatever it might be. We're doing new things, as Nancy said, you know, we're learning to dye hair or we're, we're learning to cut hair, all those things. But we've got this sort of enforced time out in some respects to reflect on our busyness and our, and our hurry. And I think most of us would acknowledge that perhaps we were too busy. Now, that may not be true for you, um, but certainly there was a sense that we were on a bit of a hamster's wheel and we couldn't quite get off it. Um, and now we are to some degree as individuals. And so that sort of pervasive hurry that was there is laid down. And I found one of the ways that um, my neighbours have become my friends, which sounds like an Australian soap opera song, but actually has been true, is we've had time. We've had time to dawdle on the doorstep. We've had time across the fence. And uh, one of them said to me, or, you know, I, I, I always thought I'd love to chat to you, but you're always dashing somewhere. And I thought, oh, no, you know, that's, but that was true. And, and I still have the capacity for that. And so one of the lessons, I think, is let's not get so charged up again when we're allowed to <laughs> go out um, that we're too busy for the slow work of love because God's work in us is slow, but actually he wants us to slow down enough. Jesus never hurried through the marketplace. You know, he would have missed the woman at the well. He would have missed so much if he hadn't been able to just do the slow walk of love that we're called to. So let's pause now and we're going to have a song as we respond and as we lay our burdens down, as we come to Jesus, he says, come to me, all you who are weary, who are burned out, who are a bit on the edge and just lay your control down, lay your business down before me. So let's just do that now as we respond and then we're going to look at what we might take on. Lord, we pause now and lay down our need to control what only you can. We surrender to you again. May we be grateful every single day that we have life and breath. We lay down our need for a full diary to be rushing here and there and missing the slow work of your love. May we live at your pace, staying fully present with you and one another. Amen.
Well, welcome back. So we've laid down those things, those burdens, if you like, of busyness, of needing to be in control. We've surrendered, if you like, um, in the pandemic. We've surrendered to just the vastness of it and come as children. But in this next bit of the passage, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, so when we look at what are we going to take on, if you like, we can take on Jesus's support because the yoke um, was uh, the sort of physical structure, the wooden structure that uh, his listeners would recognise from putting on cattle and had to be balanced so that they could carry things on either side. And it was all about fit and it was all about balance. And so when Jesus says, my yoke is easy, he uses the word krestos, which literally meant my yoke fits well. And um, there would have been signs apparently outside Carpenter's shop, uh, which was Jesus's trade, um, that would have said yokes that are crestos, that fit well. That would have been the advert. So um, there's a bit of humour here from Jesus, a bit of a gag. It might not uh, quite resonate with us, but for his listeners, it's, it was quite funny um, because he was saying, well, you know, I, I've got a yoke that I'll put on you, maybe as a carpenter, but it fits you. And in this um, pandemic, we've learned that every single one of us has a role to play. And we've been humbled, perhaps, by the surprise roles that have uh, that have come along. Um, the role of Captain Tom, for example, surprised everyone that an elderly man approaching a hundred started to walk up and down in his garden. 
to raise awareness and to raise money, having no idea of the, the, the volume and the, the huge picture of what he was going to achieve. But if you like, what he did fitted him. And there was a role for an elderly, frail, failing guy to bring that lifted the nation. And in a way, that doesn't really let any of us off, off the hook, does it? Whether we're a child listening, whether we're a young person, whether we're an old person, whether we even think, oh, my best years are behind me. This is brilliant because it says whatever age or stage we're at, we're needed. We need each other, but also there's a role for us. And Jesus says, you know, I'm not going to lay anything ill-fitting on you, as, as Eugene Peterson puts it. Um, I've got something that is tailored for you in life. And so there's a recommissioning for us that we say, Jesus, put on me, if you like, what fits you, because I know we're doing it together. And there's a, there's a beautiful balance to this. And Jesus gives an insight into his heart here. I've been reading a brilliant book called uh, Gentle and Lonely. I've got it here by Dane Ortland. And in this, he says, isn't it interesting that at one place in the New Testament, Jesus speaks about his heart and he demonstrates it all the time. But actually, he speaks about it. And it's kind of that moment where you think, wow, he's going to tell us what he's really, really like. And what does he say? He doesn't say I'm all powerful. He doesn't say, oh, I'm righteous or I'm mighty or I'm going to conquer death. He says, I am gentle and humble in heart. In other words, my heart for you is soft. And my burden is light. I'm going to put something on you. I'm going to shape something around you, a role for you that is precious and I'm gonna help you carry it. So the, the, the third lesson, if you like, of the, of the pandemic and of this passage is saying, what's our role? And maybe praying again today, is there one thing like Captain Tom that, that we could do, that we could take on? You may think, no, I don't wanna take anything else on, but that fits us and that we can do in partnership with Jesus. The next thing is, vulnerability. Vulnerability has become a bit of a watchword and it's been interesting seeing Charlie Mackesy's beautiful drawings uh, where he has celebrated and he's gone really viral with it. Uh, he found them, they, they were on the walls of Paris the other day. But he's a, a Christian um, illustrator and writer who has become so vital in the pandemic with his drawings and the simplicity of his phrasing that just says it's okay to reach out. He talks about the fact that actually the bravest thing we can ever say is help. Isn't that great? And again, there's a release to it, that vulnerability is, if you like, a strength, paradoxically, that we have had to, in this pandemic, say at least once help me whether it's technologically whether it's to do with our background whether it's to do with something way deeper whether we can't get out to get food um, we've had to be vulnerable and someone who I enjoy her reading and I have enjoyed her TED talks uh, Brene Brown um, 
she talks about embracing vulnerability a lot and she says embracing our vulnerabilities is risky but it's not nearly as dangerous as giving up on love and belonging and joy. And I love the fact that she puts belonging in there, that as we are vulnerable, we increase that sense of belonging. And haven't we learned that? That actually as we reach out and ask for help, someone's there and then we want to be there for them. We have the awesome coffee man, that really is what he's called, who arrives on the street. And sometimes if someone's having a bad morning and they put on our WhatsApp group, uh, really low this morning, just can't hack it. Someone else says, I'm going to order the coffee man and, uh, and drop a coffee at your door. And it's reciprocal. In other words, we reach out. We don't pretend we've got it all together because none of us have. <laughs> and Jesus' listeners didn't. You know, what they were yoked to, if you like, was effort and activity and success and suddenly Jesus comes in radically with these beautiful words and says come to me if you're weary and burnt out admit that you're vulnerable and we can we can do this together vulnerability is a strength there's a, a beautiful picture that's going to come up on the screen now hopefully which is a penguins and these are two grieving penguins They've both lost somebody and they've come together and they've just got arms around. It's quite poignant for us at the moment because we can't do that necessarily. But there's a stillness to it and there's a vulnerability to it that I think is almost like the picture of vulnerability and encouragement, giving comfort. And where we can't do the arms around physically, those acts of kindness, those standing with, those texts that we've talked about, just saying, keep going and being together in it. And then finally, the final point, the final lesson, if you like, is we have a God who weeps with us. We have in Jesus someone who cries with us and yet holds the words of eternal life, has conquered death, has beaten death for us. I love the story of Lazarus, where Jesus arrives and we all think, what's he going to do? The kind of hero that he is, the superpowers that we know that he has, if you like. And in he comes and Tim Keller, in his book Encounters with Jesus, says the first thing that our saviour Jesus does is weep. And the next thing he does is bring eternal life and resurrection. And if we were going to craft a saviour, if we were going to make him up, we would make him up coming in, cape flying and rescuing at the 11th hour. But he seems to be late. They tell him he's late. And he comes in and he weeps with his friends. But then he says, take the grave clothes off and come forth. The final lesson, I believe, in this passage, but the lesson of the pandemic, is we have God with us in Jesus, who weeps with us in our pain, but who says, it's okay, it's all going to be all right, because I've beaten death for you. I'm on the other side of this, and whatever you're facing today, he weeps with you, but he also says, it will come good in the end. This is not the end of the story, I am. And so when Jesus says, come to me, for this we have Jesus. For whatever it is we're facing, 
we have Jesus. We're yoked to him. It's not only that he has a yoke for us to carry, which is light. The Bible tells us that we can be yoked to him, that he's with us. So let's not be yoked to anything or anyone else, because the balance comes when we say, I'm with you, Jesus. And I found these words really helpful as we come to a close. These are at the end of this book, um, the, the book, Jonathan Laley. Whatever is crumbling all around you in your life, whenever you feel stuck, this remains. Undeflectable, his heart for you. The real you is gentle and lowly. So go to him. That place in your life where you feel most defeated, he is there. He lives there, right there and his heart for you, not on the other side of it, but in the darkness, is gentle and lowly. Your anguish is his home. Go to him. If you knew his heart, you would. Let's pray together. So Lord, these five things we've learnt during this time, we're not in control and every good gift is from you. We were often too busy hurrying by. We each have a role to play in encouragement and kindness. Our vulnerability is a strength. And Jesus, you're the one we go to, you weep with us and yet you are our hope. Jesus says, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Lord, we thank you for your gentleness and your grace. We thank you that you won't lay anything ill-fitting on us and that you have shaped a role for every one of us. We need each other, Lord. And though we are apart, may we be more together by your spirit, spreading your encouragement. And Jesus, we thank you that you are with us in our weeping. And yet you are our resurrection hope. Amen.